Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to our weekly Gentleman's Hour today on Trending on the Solemnity of All Souls Day. Day where we pray in particular for our departed loved ones who are in that season of life, which we talk about seasons in life, but we don't often think about purgatory as part of that season in life. That if you die and you are not in a state of mortal sin, that we know um, through the church's teaching that purgatory would be the place, if we are not in sanctifying grace, that purgatory would be that transition um, before we're able to be completely purged in order to be made perfect to enter into heaven. And so we pray today for the souls of the faithfully departed um, who are there in purgatory waiting their time in order to enter into the complete joy of heaven. You're listening to Trending with Tim Ray during our weekly Gentleman's Hour. I want to talk about a little bit a little bit about All Souls Day. Uh, before we do, the, or after that, we're going to be joined by the Executive Director of Integrity Restored, Jim O'Day. We're going to talk about the social media and how social media is impacting men's health. Really interesting. I'm really looking forward to hearing his thoughts on this because we often talk a lot about social media and men or in women or specifically teen girls in particular, but not a lot on how men are faring with regard to social media. So if you have a thought and you've been impacted by social media, I'd love to hear from you. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. Is stress getting in the way in your life? More and more men are absolutely stressed and it's taking a significant impact on men. And I want to talk about how we can combat that. In addition to answering the masculine crisis that we know is a challenge today. Fewer men working, many men experiencing severe antidepression, or sorry, depression, anxiety, isolation, among other things. So we're talking about real solutions in the midst of a crisis in our culture that all of us are experiencing. But today in particular, we'll talk about the impact on men. As I mentioned, it's a solemnity of All Souls Day. And I like in some ways to think of today as the feast day of purgatory. Um, I think that it's a fitting kind of way for us to understand All Souls Day. As I was discussing earlier, um, when we think about All Souls Day, we have these three dimensions of the church. The church militant, which would be you and I living here on earth. The church triumphant, which we celebrated yesterday with All Saints Day. And then the church in purgatory, right? The church suffering. Um, we have this feast day where we have loved ones who have died. Um, and maybe we do, maybe we don't know um, through prayer if they are in heaven or not. But if they ha- are 
in um, with, at the time of their death, if they do not have mortal sin and yet they're not quite ready for heaven, purgatory would be that place. And so we know when we talk about the purgatory, the Catechism of the Catholic Church helps us to understand a little bit of what um, that transition is. It, the Catechism in paragraph 1030 says, All who die in God's grace and friendship, but still imperfectly purified, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation. But after death, they undergo purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. So in other words, again, just understanding that the church, those of us uh, who after death go to purgatory, this is who, that person. And I think many of us will be those people who are there where we've maybe been striving. We've stayed um, away from mortal sin, but we find ourselves that we haven't reach that level of sanctification, that purification um, that is necessary to enter into heaven because God is perfect. God is absolutely perfect. And in order for us to completely partake in his perfection and the joy of the life of God, we have to be prepared to even see it. It's kind of that whole idea of understanding, you know, when you learn something, when you learn the truth, sometimes we're not always ready to learn the truth. And sometimes learning the truth is like peeling back pieces of the onion until you get to the center. And then it's that aha moment of, okay, now I'm here. Wow, my eyes have been opened. You know, a lot of people talk about being red-pilled. And so what we are understanding in purgatory is much the same thing, that we're not fully ready to enter into the fullness of truth because we're not there yet. But we've been in friendship and communion and in God's grace. And so our eternal salvation, we're in that direction, we're in that trajectory, but there's still this time of purification that happens in purgatory before we enter in to the glory of the kingdom of heaven. So what happens for the souls in heaven? How can we participate? Why is this a significant day? I love that the church marks this as a solemnity in the church, a special day to pray for our loved ones who have departed because we have a part that we can play. Um, you know, you I know in our family growing up, we've always prayed um, the traditional bless us, O Lord, and these thy gift prayer uh, after or still before um, eating a meal. But we've always added on the prayer for the souls uh, in purgatory. And it's a prayer I always try to pray whenever I pass a cemetery as well. And it's a great opportunity for us to intercede in the lives of others. Now, understanding briefly how we can do that, there. this is an opportunity for our, our intercession in the salvation of our loved ones by entering into that sacrifice that Christ made, interceding and pleading for those who have gone before us. We can do this in five ways in particular, through prayer, so offering prayers for the souls of our loved ones, uh, actually going to Mass and offering Masses, you know, just by going to Mass and setting your intention for that particular loved one. There's a part in the Mass even where we name the faithfully departed, our families and friends who have gone before us, mentors. Uh, you can actually have a Mass celebrated for a loved one who's deceased. Uh, when you experience various sufferings and trials, we are talking about that earlier this week on Trending, you can actually offer your suffering for a soul in purgatory, uh, an unnamed soul. Maybe, you know, some people will even go through the tradition of praying for, you know, a soul that is 
almost ready to enter into the, into heaven and is in purgatory. Lord, I'm praying for the soul that they might be you know, released from that purgative state to be with you in heavenly glory and splendor. Or it might be for a particular loved one who's deceased. We can offer mortifications, sacrifices, uh, fasting, abstaining from things. Uh, these are all things that we can do in intercession for those souls um, in particular that we love and know. But also, as my producer Jim was just saying, um, he says he in particular will pray for the souls that are furthest uh, from entering into heaven and who have been forgotten souls who have not been prayed for. Now, here's a really neat thing to just know, and that is that we know um, that in the church's teaching that as we pray for souls in purgatory, um, they will pray for us when they enter into heaven. And if you're praying for a soul you think might be in purgatory and they're actually already in heaven, all the better because guess what? They are praying for you. And so especially when we need those special prayers, be sure um, to know that turning to the souls in purgatory, praying for them, uh, is a great place to have that sense of sacrifice and be, remind yourself of the importance of our salvation. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. It's our weekly Gentleman's Hour on Trending. Joining me now for our Gentleman's Hour is the Executive Director of Integrity Restored, which helps men and women who are struggling with the impact of the sexual revolution and sexual addiction and pornography use, um, betrayal trauma, all that happens with the fallout in particular pornography and addiction today. And so you can find him and his great work. It's an incredible Incredible resource at integrityrestored.com. Jim O'Day, welcome back to Trending. Tim Marie, so good to be on with you. Thanks for having me on again. It's been a little while. I'm looking forward to diving into some of these topics from social media and how it impacts men's health to the stress that is growing and affecting all men today and also answering this crisis right, of masculinity from the stress, anxiety, the joblessness, all of it. But I want to start by talking about social media. We talk a lot about how social media is impacting children, teenagers, especially girls, but we don't hear a lot about social media's impact on the health of men. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're seeing and some of the trends of your work? Oh, sure. First, I want to ask all your listeners to say a prayer for me every day that I get the last seat in purgatory. I'm good if that happens. We're okay. <laughs> Amen. I, I love I love what you just talked about, Timory. Um, it's so important for us to pray for those souls. And, and God knows I'm going to need those prayers one day too. So um, beautiful, beautiful thing. So when we talk about um, social media, one of the things we do know is that all it's so funny because we didn't intend this, but all three topics we're going to talk about today are, are really intertwined. And one of the things that happens uh, with social media is it tends to uh, add additional stressors to our life, even when we don't realize it. As, you, as human beings, one of the things we do, unfortunately, is we compare. And when we're consuming social media all the time, we're looking at all these other people and we're seeing that perfect picture or that 
perfect video clip and we start comparing our life to theirs. Just as women and girls do it, men do the same thing. There's no difference. And so we're looking at the one minute, the one shot, the, the, the one part of the day that was perfect, and that's what somebody posts. And we start kind of gauging our life according to that. And it really creates a lot of problems. There was an interesting um, Wall Street Journal uh, reached out and, and through the Columbia School of Public Health in New York um, did a study and it talked about the mental health risks, particularly for young men, uh, but, but all men, the isolation, unrealistic expectations about body image, unrealistic expectations about relationships, and the normalization of risk-taking behaviors. Social media can exacerbate all of that. And so we've got uh, men now of, of all ages um, who are really kind of playing with fire uh, because of their, their social media addiction. And it's interesting in, in, in the DSM-5, American Psychological Association, that's their manual, their, their, their guidance of, of what's a condition, how to diagnose it, and what to do about it. In DSM-5, they actually did recognize uh, what they call internet addiction, but it's really social media addiction they're talking about. Do you think, Jim, that the social media use of men is different from women? Because I think that's kind of an important nuance. You know, are men looking, because you mentioned comparison earlier, men looking a lot at like the pictures and photos of other people, their families, what they're doing, or are they more so getting trapped into uh, the news and following influencers and comparing themselves more so to influencers? So I think with men in particular, um, and this is, I haven't, research this, but just based upon hundreds and hundreds of conversations with men, it's more on the influencer side, right? Okay, that's what I or thought. Or the celebrity side. Um, one of the things we'll talk about in the next segment about the stress, financial stress for men is at an all-time high. All-time high. And when you're looking at social media and you see these guys and they're driving around in their Ferraris it looks like everything's perfect. You know, I, I watched a, a background video on YouTube. Um, this man, in order to make his business look more successful, actually went out, spent a couple thousand dollars, and rented a Ferrari for a few hours to go around and put together all these social media posts. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was for driving that. a Corolla every day. <laughs> Which so, is far more relatable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but this is the kind of insanity that happens. So then we start um, feeling irritable, uh, isolating even more and spending more and more time. Big one for men, feeling worthless, Timory. It's, it's really sad. Um, that so many men today, because of improper understanding, of what it means to be a man, and I guess that's our third topic, um, actually feel 
worthlessness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you're sharing this with regards to the American Psychological Association and internet addiction, because we talk a lot about, again, girls and social media and the influence and comparison. Uh, we talk a lot about pornography, um, but social media use on men and the impact of influencers, it, it's just a culture where we know in general, like men, and you can speak more to this, men struggle with insecurity. I know very, many men, even the most confident and successful of men, uh, will often feel like, you know, they're just it's an act, you know, it's a show. Uh, They're not actually uh, as confident as they seem. And so when you add that level of social media that shows these people online um, performing at such high levels, you know, I come from the fitness world. So I even think, I love a lot of the fitness pages and whatnot that I'll follow. And it inspires me personally. But I know for a lot of people, for a lot of men in particular, it's, you know, it's that competition drive that sets in when they look at social media. But a lot of it, as you're saying, um, is artificially enhanced, whether via, via editing or by someone who's rented a Ferrari for his business to take some social media posts. Well, absolutely right. A lot of what we're seeing on social media um, is, is that one perfect picture. You know, lighting, editing, uh, makeup, whatever. And, and, and even for men, we talk about body dysmorphia a lot for women, uh, but more and more for men, uh, particularly younger guys, are really struggling with that because we see these ideals on social media. And, and then we feel like no matter how much I work out, I can't do that. That's not, I'm never going to look like that. That's not my body type. Um, well, we watch too much pornography. That, that is an unrealistic expectation of a certain body part uh, for most men. And, and so it really starts to drive down this, this feeling of hopelessness, worthlessness. I'm never going to measure up. I'm not enough. And that's not where we need our men to be. And we need them to understand that as a man, they are first and foremost a son of God, a beloved son of God. And in all their uniqueness, whatever that is, they're still a man. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else you have to do. And, and so one of the things that, that I talk to guys about all the time, pornography tends to be, a, a, a problem that that goes hand hand in hand with this is that self-esteem. And as you said, Timory, that can even be guys who outwardly appear very confident, but inwardly they're just full of doubts and fears, and and lack of self-love and self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge for us to maybe reconsider, especially for men, to reconsider how they use social media and if you need it in your life. That's always a big question I throw out there. Do I really need it? I've said this over and over again. I'm a total hypocrite when it comes to social media because I'm on it because that's where people are. And with this work, it's important we're there uh, to evangelize. But my hope would be that people pull off of it because of uh, the negative effects for many people. I've thrown this question out on social media, and I really am interested to hear the response. Gentlemen, please answer. You can follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Love the Instagram. Uh, But my question is this. How... 
men, like, how do you use social media and why? And I think that why question is important. Uh, one response that just came in was, I just keep in touch with friends on Facebook, but rarely use it. I use Facebook as a web version of the Reader's Digest, basically. And, <laughs> you know, looking at inspirational quotes and funny memes. And it's funny, uh, this guy mentions that because I know my husband, like, he loves the memes. I'm just not a meme person. Um, I yeah, don't get either. them a lot of the time, and I just I think it wastes my time personally. Um, and the inspirational quotes, like that's cute, that's great. However, for me personally, I, you know, trying to I recognize that there are so many distractions for me um, that you know, reading sacred scripture, you know, finding those things that are inspiring in other ways, I think are helpful because I do see that we're looking to social media. Um, Sometimes to just relax and enjoy it. We're looking to it for inspiration. Um, and maybe it's just me being an old soul, but I'd rather read a book, you know? And Well, and I got to tell you, Timory, I hear all the time from people. I'm so glad you brought it up. Well, I do it to relax. Here's what, the problem with that statement. What's happening in your brain is not relaxing. It's pumping out chemicals. Because you're constantly being stimulated by the next new thing you look at. So the relaxation uh, idea, wrong thing to do if you want to relax. Absolutely the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but what's the argument too? Because I, th I think that there's a hard point where, okay, so wrong thing to do rela to relax. It's not actually relaxing us. It's making it harder to sleep. The blue light, the level of engagement, the way our brain's reacting to the social media. But then what if, you know, someone really does just want to read, you know, those inspirational quotes? If they want to enjoy the memes, you know, where's the balance of enjoyment and some of the negative impacts of social media? So I think just like with anything else, that will be unique for every person. Um, but you yourself will know whether social media is becoming a problem, right? If you're just going on there to to catch up with, see what's going on in your friends and family's life and to check out some memes and get some inspirational quotes, well, likely you don't have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you look at the amount of hours the average American spends yes. on social media, uh, I think most of us, many of us, have a problem with it. Right, right. And that's where I personally draw the line. I don't keep social media on my phone um, other than I think I have Instagram on my phone because it's the only way you can post on it. But I have timers set on it for how long before I start getting notifications that I've been on there. Uh, but I think that the question is, how would you recommend, Jim, using social media today? So I think, and, and what I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to get better because, I, look, I'm just like anybody else. I can get on Facebook or Instagram and look up and it's two hours later. And so uh, what I'm trying to do is use it very tactically. Mm -hmm. Intentionally. Like with your, yes, like with your business, my business, I need to be on there as well. But I'm trying to use it very intentionally. And uh, even this morning I was sitting there having a cup of coffee and after my prayers and I started scrolling, I was like, what am I doing this for? <laughs> and, and I started reading my book and it was very nice. I had a, a 30 minutes reading my book, drinking my coffee, a great way to start the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I think and you I have think... to be intentional with it. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I think we have to know when to turn it off, right? So one of the things that the experts always tell us is for a few hours every day, turn off all notifications so that your phone's not banging, you're not getting beeps, nothing's flashing on the screen. And that's the time where you can actually, your brain will actually get involved in deeper projects, deeper thinking, uh, better relaxation, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. But if that phone is buzzing and going off, you're mm -hmm. staying at that hyper level all the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. And a challenge for all of us, including myself, uh, the studies show that really pulling away from and digital screens four to five hours before bed is actually best. So taking some of these tips, what changes can you make? Be intentional. Be aware of how much time you're spending on it. Make sure you're getting your prayer in first. I love that you mentioned, you know, you got your prayer in and then you're on social media, but even then you're going, what am I doing? And I love to look at my, my phone when I'm on social media and look at it and just say, you don't make me happy. I don't need you. <laughs> I will literally tell my phone that or the social media that I'm on. And maybe I'm engaging in a different way. Or as you said, you choose to read a book. And these are great tips for understanding how social media is impacting men's health and changes that can be made. We'll be right back during our weekly gentlemen's hour. More and more men are stressed and it's affecting everything. We'll give you some tips and solutions here now. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Welcome back to Trending. It's our weekly Gentleman's Hour. I do have the question. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, gentlemen. How do you use social media and why. You can go and answer now on my social media. Follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, -E, or give me a call. The number's 1-888-914-9149. Is stress impacting your life? We're going to talk about that and solutions, real solutions to answering the crisis of what's happening in our culture. Uh, for many men, you know, joblessness, decreased uh, motivation work, the t testosterone decline. There are so many things to talk about. Joining me now is my guest, Jim O'Day. He's the executive director of Integrity Restored, helping people who are struggling with sex addictions and pornography use. Check him out, integrityrestored.com, sound science, mixed with our Catholic faith. Uh, Jim, I'm finding it fascinating as a culture right now, we're in this challenge of how we cope with stress. Now, I've talked about it here on Trending, especially during our weekly happy hour, that studies have come out uh, really clearly showing um, that we are not coping well with stress today and that the medication we've been using for antidepressants and um and for anxiety are not actually fixing the problem. Um, that They're really not doing anything. Uh, we could talk about the placebo effect, um, effect among other things, uh, but stress is a real and prevalent thing in society today, and especially for men, whether it's married men who are providing for their families or you know a 20-year-old uh, guy who's working through school or someone newly found in the workforce today. Yeah, the, the, the stress levels uh, for people today are significantly higher. And here's the important thing to remember. We're, in our lives as human beings, we're always going to have stress. And stress is going to impact um, each individual in their own unique way. But what's really curious to me, Timory, and, and, and we don't have a lot of data on it. There was a, an interesting study that came out back in um, 2015, I want to say, 
gender differences in stress response. In comparison to women, men have a much stronger stress response and likely will react with higher levels of aggression, anger, and more unhealthy coping behaviors. I think that's really interesting when you take that statement and you look at the world we're living in today. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, it, it's fascinating because you get into the male-female differences. We've had a lot of stress and things going on in our own lives uh, recently here. And it's hard even just kind of in a marital dynamic to see, okay, here's how I'm coping with my stress, right? And here's how your spouse coping with your their stress. And it's totally different and from you. two very different approaches, <laughs> yeah. right? And, you know, and I'm sure in many ways my husband's looking at me like, you suck it up. And I'm looking at him like, you suck it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, come, get over yourself in the way you're handling it. But we're each responding in very different ways. And it might seem in what you're saying from this 2015 study on the gender differences in stress response, um, that men might have more of a visceral maybe response to stress and a less healthy coping mechanism. Um, but what, what does that look like and how do you stop the rut of this intense reaction to a stress that might be a stress for the day or stress that might be here for long term, six months, a year, you know, whatever it might be. That you just asked the most important question. That is the question. You see, as human beings, the way we're built, some stress in our life is not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually, it motivates us sometimes. Um, and that even goes down to a neurochemical level, right? When you're stressed, your body starts producing these neurochemicals that force you into action to do something. The problem is chronic stress. That leads to a slew of, of physical symptoms, psychological symptoms, relational symptoms. And so that's where we have to start really paying attention to what skills do we have what outlets do we have? Uh, what resources do we have to help us with stress in our lives? Mm -hmm. So what do you recommend? I know you work a lot with uh, men and women, especially men who are struggling with pornography, addiction, and use. Now, for many men today, pornography uh, can be a stress reliever. Um, the science, the data is there that in some ways, you know, that relief combining the um, visual stimulation along with the masturbation that goes side by side with it is giving a form of relief. Um, so how do we break the habit of really bad um, coping mechanisms such as pornography or other things such as drinking too much, eating too much, whatever that might be that is satiating that need to maybe be relaxed, but is actually doing more damage? Great question. And, and it's a little different for each individual when you're talking to them one-on-one, -on -one, but in general, um, when it comes to managing stress, the first step is recognizing it. Because you have to recognize, I'm under stress. So many of our men today don't recognize that that is the constant state they are living in. So, of course, they are looking for that self-soothing 
with pornography or gambling or drinking or smoking or whatever it is because they're just in this high state of stress all the time. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you have to do with any healing program is recognize okay. where your problem right. is. Right, name it That's and claim important. it. Exactly, and, it, and it's that symptom, that is simple. Um, the other thing is to really look at what are the stressors that you have in your life. Is your stress coming from uh, financial difficulties? Is your stress coming from re relational difficulties? Is your stress coming from you spend too much time on social media? Everything has to be balanced. And when I talk to a coaching client here at Integrity Restored, um, every conversation starts the same way. We talk about four areas of their life. Their physical health, so is there any stress or, or problems in their physical life? Their emotional situation, their spiritual situation, and then finally their relationships. Because if any of those areas of our life are out of whack, are under uh, extreme amounts of stress, it is going to have both physical and psychological consequences. So understanding the type of stress is important. Oh, it's very important because once you understand the type of stress, like I said, as human beings, at some point, we're all going to be stressed. It's kind of normal. Um, but understanding the type of stress, is it recurring? Is it constant? What's causing it? Can kind of, um, and, and you may have to reach out and get help. But you need to be able to identify it to say, Okay, this is the type of help I need. For example, um, if it's financial stress in your family, well, maybe you need to sit down with your spouse and really go through all the bills. I mean, I know um, just personally, I'll tell you, you know, the price of everything's going up. Mm. We have to take a look at my wife and I and, and say, well, what, where, can we, where can we make adjustments? Right. So it can be as simple as that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. And I mean, add to that, oh gosh, I'm expecting another child or I'm concerned about job security and inflation's at 8% or, you know, I was trying to buy a house and boom, the interest rates just were announced today that they're skyrocketing. I mean, I, these things, it's, there's so many dimensions of things that can build and compound um, with stress and I think especially for men because men have this deeply ingrained and God-given uh, role to lead protect and provide for their families and even Amen. if they don't have a family yet it's God-given it's inane in the masculine genius and who a man is and when he's not living to that potential um, and that calling whether single or married, there's an uneasiness within himself that is in and of itself a stress. Absolutely. That unsettled feeling that so many men uh, live with today, day in and day out, uh, is a cause of other behaviors that unfortunately create additional stress. They don't make it any better. Um, you know, 
guys who are young guys. Let's let's talk about the young guys for a second. Um, they're stressed out about career and and future spouse and am I going to have enough money and I'm gonna, uh, can I take care of a family and and they end up spending. Uh, we, we know too much time on porn, but forget that. Let's just talk about the gaming. We mm -hmm. lose these these young men for four, six, eight hours a day gaming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. And they're trying to do it to relieve stress. They think it makes them feel better. Mm -hmm. But then they look up and they're like, well, I didn't send out resumes. I didn't do this. I didn't. It just adds to the stress. It's so true. Well, it's National Stress Awareness Day. I don't know who comes up with all of these days, and I'm sorry that we don't get a holiday for this. I can't keep up. So, in my opinion, all of these national this and that days, it, it's just too much. Um, but I think this is an important topic, and it's a topic that impacts every single one of us and especially men like if you are stressed don't just let it compound uh, don't allow it to just be the new status quo find a healthy coping mechanism find a way out of it and if there's not a way out of what it is that's stressing you find a new way to handle and embrace it and have that faithful perspective of okay this is part of my cross perhaps in life and this is how I can respond rather than react to the stressors uh, but Jim I'm really excited actually tomorrow uh, my guest will be Joe Sakura, marriage and family therapist and he's going to join me to discuss career changes and reinventing yourself when you need to <laughs> uh, maybe out of fear for you know the lack of security in your position um, out of boredom in your job or maybe because you need to make a change uh, to bring more in for your family or maybe to be more available to your family because your current position that you're in isn't conducive. Maybe you need to drop down to a single income between the two spouses. So we're going to talk about that with Joe Sikor, who's a marriage and family therapist, but he's also reinvented himself many times in his career, which, Jim, you have also done as well. It would be a fun topic for us to dive into as well. But maybe just if you could comment a little bit, knowing we're going to talk about it tomorrow, if someone's in that rut and the stress is they need to reinvent their career, what's maybe one tip you would give for discerning this to begin with? Because that's a big life change. It's, it's huge, and it is one of the most frightening things you will ever do. So recognize <laughs> that up front. It is going to cause stress. There's, there's a, even if you hate your job, even if you don't think you're on the right path, there's a comfort in doing what you've always done. Mm -hmm. So if you're creating this idea in your head that you want to redefine yourself, recreate your career, switch job uh, types completely, know that there's going to be some stress with that. I think the most important thing people can do is realize Number one, it's possible. I've done it a few times, Tim Marie, as you know, my background. I've done it a few times. It is possible to do. And the way it was possible for me was that I spoke to people who I really respected. And they mentored me through the process. Mm -hmm. Don't Amen. go through this alone. 
Amen. Thank you, Jim. That's very helpful and a teaser for tomorrow as we talk about reinventing yourself out of boredom, out of need, whatever it might be. Um, we're going to come back with Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. Again, find him at integrityrestored.org. We post a link on my social media at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, as well as tagging him. We'll come back talking about answering the masculine crisis, uh, what men need for restoration, and maybe you have you know, a question for Jim today here on Trending, pornography addiction, social media use, stressor in your marriage or family. Gentlemen, give us a call. The number is 1-888-914-9149. listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. I was reading an article earlier today about the need for restoration for men. Uh, we live in a culture where we're seeing fewer and fewer men working, many men unemployed, some by choice, um, many by choice, in fact. Uh, we're seeing this great resignation of people just not going to work. The stress levels, the anxiety are so high. And a lot of men aren't getting married, not having children or fewer children. We're in this crisis of identity for many men or lack of confidence and direction uh, in the position that many men are in. Joining me now to discuss this is Jim O'Day, the executive director of Integrity Restored. Jim, I was reading this article from The Federalist uh, written by Casey Chalk, and he was talking about uh, some of the things that will help with this restoration. And he has a list of really kind of about four or five things that will help. And I'd love to walk through them with you and really get your thoughts. The first thing he says is that uh, men biologically have a stronger tendency and influence toward violence and aggression, and that men therefore need proper and male-only outlets to help in everything from manual labor to sports to help in working through that violence and aggression that is a part of who men are. Can you first talk to why violence and aggression is a part of masculinity and how at the same time it needs to be tempered and um, challenged and fostered in the right way? Amen Amen to that. That That is a, a great statement. And um, Casey Chalk's great. I've had him on the podcast. He's a really talented guy. I love what he writes. Men are... So I read a great quote um, in preparation for this. It was in an article in The Atlantic. And the, the, the quote said... Uh, give me one sec. I'm sorry. I should have had it pulled up. While there is no harm in trying to raise boys to be men that understand women a little better, I think it's equally important for women to understand that men are not women. They are men, and men and women are different. Ladies, listen up. Mm -hmm. That That is so so important important in this conversation, conversation, Timory. It's it's so great great that women women are, are... moving up and the glass ceiling is being broken and they're taking non-traditional roles and careers and this is all great news 
but it doesn't mean we're the same still. As a society, we would never tell women to not be a good mother. That would go against everything we say. But yet men are being told not to be masculine. Don't be men. We would never tell a woman don't be feminine. But in media and in in writing and in songs and in classrooms... We're telling young men, we're telling boys, we're telling older men, don't be men. We need to understand that men were built the way we're built um, by God in his perfect design to be protector and provider. So yes, men will always have the ability to be more aggressive, to be uh, more violent, as, as Casey talks about. But when that's channeled in the proper way is when a man can be everything that God is calling him to be. And again, it's not saying that men should go out and be violent, that men should be silly with the way they react to sports teams losing or winning. Uh, But it's saying, okay, men have this capacity for violence um, and aggression, and that's part of their ability to protect and provide, but it needs to be properly channeled. So two things I'm seeing. Um, on one side, we're seeing that this is being channeled into a stagnant, odd uh, direction of specifically um, video game use, that that violence and that aggression is being lived out in a very docile way, but aggressive way at the same time. Docile because it's not requiring any physicality. It's not using the full dimension of the human person. But on the other side, um, you can have that channel through the use of healthy and strong competition, of sports, of weightlifting, of various martial arts from Brazilian jiu-jitsu to whatever it might be, where that's a, it's turned into a tool to strengthen a man rather than turned into something that is violent, aggressive, and damaging. Amen. Amen, sister. Absolutely. You know, I have this conversation with guys all the time, Timory. And, well, I'm not into sports. I'm not into um, martial arts. Okay, fine. Go out and chop wood. Right? Go to the gym, work out, do pull-ups, do push-ups. You've got, guys, you've got to get the physicality out. Or you're going to be in this constant state of stress like we talked about before. It's just, you know, my, my wife is so funny. We're married 34 years. God bless her. She's, she, well, speaking of the, your earlier topic, she's figured out I stay married to Jim. There's no purgatory for her. It's a straight shot to heaven. She's doing her purgatory here. But she will tell me, hey, Jim, you got to go train. Because she sees me when I start to ratchet up a little bit, right? When I start to get a little more tense, a little more stressed. Well, she knows that for me, it's the martial arts. If I go train, it just brings me right back. It settles me. And so I think it's really important that we allow our young men, uh, men of all ages, to have those physical outlets. As guys, we need them. 
I'm not saying women shouldn't exercise and train and do they should, but I think there's a really core need for men to do that. Give that very real life example because I had this experience just a couple weeks ago with my husband and I'm like, you need to go work out. You've not been working out as much the last couple weeks and I'm feeling it, you're feeling it. Like, please just go and channel yourself. Like that it's important for um so many dimensions of you know those healthy, happy chemicals that are released, the the aggression that needs to come out, the mood, the, the temperance, the prudence. It's so important. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Let's talk about another one of the points in restoring kind of this masculine crisis that Casey Chalk lists. He talks about how men need social bonds with other men, how iron sharpens iron, as Proverbs at chapter 27, verse 17 says. And it's true, but I know in our culture today, and I'm even guilty of this, of in the past, of really not understanding how important male only bonding and interaction is for the iron of men to sharpen one another or even to see, hey, this isn't a good person or a good way that this other guy is living out his life. Uh, it's, it's, it's so interesting because somehow as a culture, so if we think back um, evolutionary thinking, Men used to go out together and hunt. Men used to go and together and build shelter and, and do all these things together as men. And for a lot of different reasons, that's just not in our society anymore for men to get together like that. For women, naturally, it's easier for two women to bond with each other. And so to have conversations and have that support, men don't naturally have those opportunities. So it is so important, as Casey said, for men to find those opportunities, whether that's through a men's group in your parish, but through martial arts or whatever sports you like to play, uh, a car club, I don't, whatever, I don't care. You need to be around other guys where you're being real with each other. And there's no better opportunity for iron sharpening iron than two men, four men, ten men being together, calling each other out on something. It is powerful. In fact, I would not have come back to the church, Timory, if it wasn't for a boss of mine at a dinner event calling me out and saying, Hey, Jim, you're not a good husband. You're not a good father. And you're certainly not a good Catholic. Mm. That only happened because we had built a relationship, a brotherhood, a trust. Yes. Yeah. Amen. It's a challenge. It's a reminder for men to seek out those relationships and friendships. And for women, all women uh, with me here, of respecting that time, giving that space, and knowing that the men in your lives will be better men for having done it, better in their relationships, their honor and respect. And I've seen, you know, allowing that time is so important. I see so many young people who are dating today, and these couples spend all of their time together, all of their time together, and the men have no male friends, and it's damaging. It doesn't help strengthen that relationship and that future marriage. 
That's been Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. Find him at integrityrestored.org. That's integrityrestored.org. I post the link on social media. It's been our weekly Gentleman's Hour. Be sure to go and answer that question on social media. Coming up next is a family rosary across America. This is Tim Ray from Trending with Tim Ray. We're going to be joined by marriage and family therapist Joe Sakura to discuss career changes, reinventing yourself, your career in the face of anything from boredom, fear of job security, or needing to make a change to bring in more for your family or be more present to your family. It's our weekly marriage hour. I'll also be joined by plastic and reconstructive surgeon discussing the destruction of so-called gender affirmation surgery. Join me Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio.